DW Africa Link We are all victims but we have categories There are ladies that were abducted they were raped they contracted HIV they came back with children from captivity putting them together in the same bracket to me I feel it was not necessary a victim of the Lord's Resistance Army rebels in Uganda speaking after judges at the International Criminal Court this week granted reparations of more than 52 million euros, the equivalent of 56 million US dollars. The money will go to thousands of victims who suffered under a convicted commander of the Lord's Resistance Army. Led by fugitive warlord Joseph Kony, the LRA, as they are popularly known, terrorized Ugandans for nearly 20 years as they fought the government of President Yoweri Museveni from bases in northern Uganda and neighboring countries. The militia has been largely wiped out, but Konyi remains one of the ICC's most wanted fugitives. This is Africa Link's Story of the Week. I'm your host, Isaac Mugabe. First, the world news in brief with Jane Nyingi. DW News. Welcome to the news. My name is Jen Nyinge. Russia's opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, has been laid to rest in a cemetery in Moscow. The vocal opponent of President Vladimir Putin died two weeks ago in prison where he was being held on what supporters called politically motivated charges. Navalny's parents and his supporters were able to pay their last respects. Meanwhile, Alexei Navalny's widow, Yulia Navalny, has paid tribute to her husband on X, thanking him for 26 years of absolute happiness. Navalny could not attend her husband's funeral due to security reasons. She vowed to continue Navalny's fight. But what role can she play moving forward? Here is Katerina Schulman from the Carnegie Russia Eurasia Center. She can serve as a kind of unifying figure because she has a recognizable name, a rather striking public presence. So now that she began speaking out on social media, that has become evident. But at the same time, of course, political leadership takes much more than that. And it is not easy to inherit political capital with the name. But recognizability, moral authority, and, well, a bravery and willingness to go on, that counts for much. The European Commission is releasing a 50 million euro payment to the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, UNRWA. The funds were frozen following Israeli claims that some UNRWA agency staff took part in the October 7th Hamas attacks that killed over a thousand people in Israel. The Commission says the funds will be released early next week as UNRWA has agreed to conditions including an audit. A further 32 million euros will be paid out later if the review is satisfactory. DW's Brussels correspondent Christine Mhundwa explains why the Commission is not releasing all the funding at once. The agency has agreed to take a few steps. Chief among them is that they are going to open an investigation into the agency's controls and this investigation will be conducted by external EU experts who will essentially look into uh, UNRWA structures to try to see if controls that are meant to prevent the agency's staff as well as assets are not being used for, for terrorist activities. It's important to know that the European Union has not done an investigation into Israel's allegations. That investigation is 
being conducted by the United Nations. It has not yet been concluded. Kenya is now ready to send a force of a thousand police officers to Haiti to lead an international mission that will help restore law and order in the Caribbean nation. In a statement released today, Kenyan President William Ruto said he and Haiti's Prime Minister Ariel Henry had signed an agreement and disclosed the next steps to enable the fast tracking of the deployment. This news is coming to you from DW in Bonn, Germany. At least 46 people were killed as fire ripped through a downtown commercial building in the Bangladeshi capital, Dhaka. Dozens more were injured. The fire broke out in a restaurant and spread through the six-story block. Authorities say a gas leak may have caused the fire. And in sports, a Nigerian Super Eagles coach, Jose Pacero, has resigned after guiding the three-time African champions to the final of the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations. The 63-year-old contract with the Nigeria Football Federation ended on Thursday. And there have been reports that the Federation was negotiating a new contract with the former Venezuela manager, but he opted to quit. For more news and information, head on to our website, dw.com forward slash Africa. My name is Jen Nyingi. Thank you, Jen Nyingi, for bringing us to speed with what is happening around the world. You are listening to Africa Link's Store of the Week. I'm your host, Isaac Mugabe. Judges at the International Criminal Court, ICC, that is based in The Hague, this week awarded victims of a Ugandan child soldier turned commander of the Lord's Resistance Army, LRA, Dominic Ongwen, more than 52 million euros in reparations, saying women and children, especially, suffered serious and long-lasting harm. The nearly 50,000 victims covered by the order included former child soldiers and children born as a result of rapes and forced pregnancies. Ongwen, who was himself abducted aged nine by the rebel group led by fugitive Joseph Kony, was found guilty in 2020 and sentenced to 25 years behind bars for war crimes and crimes against humanity. Judges asked the court's trust fund for victims to arrange for the reparations to be made as Ongwen, who is currently serving his sentence in a Norwegian prison, was unable to pay. The reparations will be in the form of a symbolic individual payment of 750 euros per victim and additional collective reparations like rehabilitation programs and memorial sites. Let's listen to the judge first. In light of all this, the chamber estimates that the total amount required to provide the reparations awarded in this case to the victims of the crimes for which Mr. Ongwen was convicted would be approximately 52,429,000 euros. The presiding judge, Bertram Schmidt, also reminded the world what victims went through as a result of attacks led by Dominic Ongwen and rebels of the Lord's Resistance Army, LRA. Tens of thousands of individuals suffered tremendous harm due to the unimaginable atrocities committed during and in the aftermath of the four attacks. Um, we have spoken about that um, a moment ago for in length. Similarly, over 100 women and girls and thousands of children, boys and girls, under the age of 15, suffered profound multifaceted harm as a result of being kidnapped. Many were later subject to sexual and gender-based crimes and or forced to serve as LRA soldiers. 
being kept in captivity with cruel methods of physical and psychological coercion. In order to calculate the amount required to provide this symbolic payment, the Chamber relies on its estimation as to the total number of victims in the case, which amounts to approximately 49,772 individuals, as I have already said. As to the other community, symbolic and or satisfaction measures, the Chamber considers it fair and appropriate to estimate the costs, which include inter alia apologies, ceremonies, monuments, memorial prayers, reconciliation ceremonies, and so on and so forth, at a total of 100,000 euros. In light of all this, the Chamber estimates that the total amount required to provide the reparations awarded in this case to the victims of the crimes for which Mr. Ongwen was convicted would be approximately 52,429,000 euros. Dominic Ongwen, who is in his mid-40s but whose birth date remains unclear, became a senior commander in Konyi's LRA under the Nord de Guerre of White Ant. Prosecutors portrayed him as, a lead, as leading a reign of terror by the LRA personally ordering the massacres of more than 130 civilians at five refugee camps between 2002 and 2005. His victims, however, are not happy with the reparations provided by the ICC. Personally, I am not, I'm not happy. The, the, the order, it's unfair because if they are paying us 750, that's around 3 million Ugandan money. That is really little money. Like, for example, for me, I was shot. My hand, I've lost my hand, I can't do any heavy work. So that money can't even buy me land. It can't even reparate what I lost in my life. In my view, I want the ICC to start with those who lost their loved ones and second lot to be elderly people who are very old and those who have already lost their lives due to old age. Because these people who died have left behind a number of children too. I am not satisfied with this ruling because it is coming through a group. Uganda is known for corruption and I'm sure this will start well, but the money will get lost along the way. Oh, I wish they signal it through an individual. The community has a bit of anguish and bitterness. Some family members will receive um, a returnee and yet the neighbors in the community are still upset, they're still seeing these children as, um, as rebels. He's going to teach another citizen who wanted to take law into their hands. For us as a victims, we are so grateful for the work for the ICC. We have been waiting today to at least see that uh, they will give something relevant, but not three million. For what all you pass through, as a judge and a trust fund for the victims, they have to think it right. Like I said, in Uganda, any person get the accident, they will serve the 10 million for each family or five. And how can 3 million reform me where I am? My name is Perry Aritua, the Executive Director of the Women's Democracy Network, Uganda Chapter. The compensation by the ICC 
of the victims of Dominic Ongwen are within its right. Of course, the sad thing is that the status of these victims may not be restored exactly as they was before uh, they suffered these atrocities, but at least it is just a way to say you can try and to do something with the, the funds that are given to you, maybe to acquire property uh, for those who who never ever got counseling, it may also be an opportunity for them to get counseling. Well, to remind you a little bit, the LRA is responsible for the deaths of more than 100,000 people and the kidnapping of 60,000 children with boys transformed into child soldiers and girls kept as sex slaves. Ongwen's trial was unique in the history of the ICC as it was the first time dealing with a former victim, a child soldier, who became a perpetrator. It's now time to bring in Nicholas Opio, himself a survivor of the many attacks and now a human rights lawyer in Uganda. Nicholas, welcome to the program and this is the story of the week. Well, thank you very much. To begin with, Nicholas, I know that this is a question that you've been asked several times, but for the sake of our listener, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Um, I grew up in northern Uganda um, in a district called Gulu, which was the epicenter of a brutal war between the government of Uganda and the Lord's Resistance Army. Growing up as a child, I spent over 10 years uh, sleeping on the streets in a phenomenon that became known as night commuters, young children who are trekking on foot every evening into the middle of the town, in the town center, uh, to find safety in numbers, and would sleep on the streets because the way that the rebels replenished their ranks was by abducting young children. So to avoid abduction, your parents would send you away to go and spend the night in open public spaces in the middle of the town center. That was my life. I grew up and studied in Gulu, where schools would either close or completely not even open for days on end because of fear that the rebels would come into the school to abduct school children. My own siblings were abducted into the LRA. My sister spent eight years in abduction. My father was abducted seven times. He was lucky that on each occasion he was arrested. He was uh, released because he found a student that he, he taught many years ago in the ranks of the LRA. Many of my friends were abducted and I've never been seen again. I was extremely lucky. I never got abducted. I survived abduction several times and, and was lucky to make it to law school and have become the lawyer that I am today. That is strong testimony and breathtaking to say the least. Let's now talk about the ruling of the ICC that ordered this week a record compensation of $56 million to victims of Dominic Ongwen, a former commander who's serving a 25-year sentence. What's your take? Well, the ICC, in many respects, has been a very important player in international criminal justice systems. And Uganda was the first country to refer a case for what they call in the language of the ICC a situation to the ICC. And many people had high expectations, high hopes. These hopes... Uh, were dashed. First, because the ICC only focused its investigation on only one party to the conflict. And so there are many victims of the war 
who were disappointed by what they saw as a one-sided investigation. But nonetheless, when the leaders of the LRA were, uh, uh, many people were happy because that indictment precipitated the return to peace in Northern Uganda. It made the world a smaller place for the leaders of the LRA. But their hopes were dashed a second time because the trials that happened at the ICC were far removed from the victims. The victims were reduced to watching it on screen. They didn't have any meaningful participation. Uh, but nonetheless, many of them were happy that a conviction was eventually eventually obtained because that conviction organized for the first time they applied as victims of the LRA war. There were divided opinions as well because many people thought that Dominic Nguyen was as much a victim as he was a perpetrator. But these mixed reactions notwithstanding, uh, the victims uh, feel that the trials at the ICC, important as it may have been in international law, has done little to ameliorate their own, their own situation and circumstances. The uh, decision that the ICC will deliver today on reparations for victims uh, hopefully can answer that sense of disappointment that many victims have and feel far removed from that process. Because many victims still live with the impact of the war and will do so for the rest of their lives uh, uh, for a long time to come. The victims are scattered in many parts of the country. We were able to speak to some of them, but they're not happy with the amount each one will receive of 750 euros. Do you think it's little too late? Well, the reparations by the ICC really is a token. I think that it is symbolic other than addressing the comprehensive needs of the victims. The victims of the LRA war are far and between. There are varied groups, they're in various countries, they're in Uganda, they're in South Sudan, they're in Central African Republic and the DRC. Those victims will not be the subject of this reparation agreement that the ICC is going to give out today. And I can tell you that they will be disappointed and keep asking the questions, what about my plight? What about my suffering? And so it remains, therefore, that the reparation judgment of the ICC is going to be hugely symbolic because it will only address a very tiny or very small group of victims who are affected by the NRA war. To those victims who are going to uh, be the beneficiaries of the ICC reparations judgment, uh, they will be excited, they will be happy. I hope that that reparation decision addresses the holistic suffering and, com and, 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 and complaints that the victims have. Because the victims have not just suffered a loss of material uh, things, they have suffered psychological trauma, they have suffered uh, generations and generations of people have lost, lost hopes and lost their future. Nicholas, you raise very pertinent issues there, but why do you think victims are not happy with the amount in reparations that they will receive? And what do you think that victims need at the moment? First, the victims' needs have been reduced to monetary compensations. In international criminal justice, those are the sort of orders that the court is going to give. But the suffering of the victims cannot, just, cannot be quantified in monetary terms. People have lost 
generations of opportunities, economic livelihoods, people have lost children, people are suffering the psychological effect of the war, the trauma. What are the social, psychological interventions that the courts can give these victims? The needs of the victims far outstrip the capacity of the ICC to offer any form of reparations. Therefore, any reparation that is going to be given is primarily a token. But the second thing is this, the long-standing grievance that led to the conflict cannot be resolved by the ICC. The victims and the communities will still have to contend with the historical injustice, with the economic and political injustice that led to this conflict, first starting in the first place, but also enduring for so long. Uh, a powerful army like the Ugandan army could not defeat the LRA. These questions are questions that victims have to grapple with and that the ICC cannot, by any imagination, be able to address. So these reparations are uh, welcome, but um, in a welcome measure, but are merely a token that cannot go a long way in resolving all the problems that the victims of the LRA uh, have to contend with. Apart from the reparations that the ISIS has ordered for the victims, how much support is the government of Uganda giving to the victims of the LRA insurgency in the north? Or did it really get that work to the ICC and local and international NGOs? The major preoccupation of the government of Uganda has been the return to peace in northern Uganda. Once the LRA were driven outside of Uganda, the government of Uganda was content with the outcome of that process. Once the case was submitted to the ICC, the Ugandan government was content with that process. The plight of victims have largely been left to non-governmental organizations and international actors. The government of Uganda has not in any serious, concerted, deliberate effort attempted to address the post-conflict situation in northern Uganda. What has happened are a couple of economic interventions building of infrastructure, schools and health centers, dismantling of camps. But again, that is not the entire package of post-war reconstruction that Northern Uganda needs. Northern Uganda still has the highest number of people who are living below poverty line in Uganda. Northern Uganda has the highest number of people with mental problems. We have people who are still living with gun fragments in their bodies. All of this work is really being picked up by non-government organizations, like the Africa Youth Network and Catholic hospitals like Lacho Hospital in Gulu. The government of Uganda has not done uh, as much as it should have done. And I think they have moved on and their preoccupation is peace and the plight of victims have taken secondary place. To an outsider who's listening to you, they may want to know why the government of Uganda has left much of the work to the NGOs. Could it be for political reasons or something else that you may want to share with me? Well, well first of all, I, I don't think that they have the national commitment first to recognize the plight of the victims of the war in northern Uganda because it was partly an actor. Any attempt to try and address the concerns of victims will have to address the crimes committed by the Ugandan army in northern Uganda. I'm not willing to open that wound. 
because to open it perhaps would be too much for them to deal with. And so they are unwilling to go down that path and have not committed resources to the process of a complete holistic post-conflict reconstruction of Northern Uganda because it does implicate them if you are to have an open discussion about what happened in Northern Uganda. The ICC and LRA part of this debate is only one, one part of the debate. There's a bigger part of the debate about the role of the Ugandan army. And I don't think that the government of Yoweri Museveni or the government of Uganda is interested in reopening that debate. They're happy for it to uh, go away, to disappear, to dissipate, and, and that they focus more on peace building and uh, making the part of the country uh, peaceful again. Let me ask you this question. Some people wonder why it is only the rebels of the Lord's resistance army commanded by Joseph Kony that are in court. And what about the atrocities committed by the Ugandan army? I can say this, that the Ugandan government has over time stated that the reason the UPDF or the Ugandan army is not being tried by the ICC or indeed by any other court in this country is because they have a robust internal judicial mechanism to address any excesses committed by the UPDF. That is what the government of Uganda is saying. But there are many victims in northern Uganda who see the people who were perpetrators of violence against them still serving in senior military positions. They all got promoted. They still drive government cars. They still hold government offices. And many victims wonder if the government of Uganda was really committed to a full process of accountability for its own crimes in Uganda. It rings hollow the claim by government of Uganda that they have a robust internal judicial mechanism when many of those commanders are still serving in the UPDF and have not been uh, held to account for the crimes that they committed in northern Uganda. Now, Nicholas, as a human rights lawyer and as someone who has followed this case at the ICC, could you explain a little bit about the symbolic reparation that the court awarded because Ongwen could not pay? Well, the structure of the ICC is such that they have created a victim's fund. And so the ICC is going to draw upon its own uh, victim's fund. Uh, this is a fund that is put together by the assembly of, of state parties of the ICC. Um, and the ICC will have to use that fund to address the concerns of the victims. If the ICC needs more funds, the ICC can raise more funds through the assembly of state parties and other supporters of the court. Because it is inconceivable that Dominic Ongwen could even pay a penny to a victim of the war in Northern Uganda. He is really destitute. He's poor. He spent all his life in the LRA. He cannot, by any means of imagination, be required to pay. It falls upon the court and the court's victims' trust fund to address the reparation needs of the victims. The victims' lawyers in the case against Dominic Ongwen have made the case for the victim trust fund to be used and applied to address the concerns of the victims that were admitted before, before the ISIS. Well, one more question before I let you off the hook. Communities in northern Uganda have a court system, which I vaguely remember in the local languages. Matt Oport, please correct me in case I've mispronounced it. How has it attempted to reconcile communities with perpetrators like Dominic Ongwen and let's say maybe even advocating more to retributive justice rather than punishing perpetrators? 
the actually traditional justice system is called the matter of put process. Yes. Matter of put is the drinking of the bitter roots of the put tree, a symbolism of uh, of uh, repentance, remorse, and forgiveness of any person who has committed crimes. Many people in northern Uganda have moved on from this conflict and would want to uh, reconcile with the people who are being accused of committing crimes in northern Uganda. But matter put process is an individual process where an accused person will have to admit to his crimes, to his or her crimes, and seek forgiveness to the community. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people who have gone through the matter of court process. Is a retributive justice system as opposed to a punitive justice system. A justice system that seeks to restore broken relationships as opposed to lock up a, a convict you know, in prison. That justice system reconciles communities. Even if somebody has been convicted by the state, when they want to go back to their families, if they want to live in harmony, they will have to go through that justice process. Many former LRA commanders have gone through the matter of process and are right now living peacefully in their communities. The people of Northern Uganda recognize that this is important if they are to get past the brutal history of conflict that the LRA and the government of Uganda were involved in. Thank you, Nicolas Opio, for sharing your story and giving us an insight into what the reparations mean for victims of the Lord's Resistance Army Insurgency in Northern Uganda. And you've been listening to Story of the Week. Many thanks to my producer, Crispin Mwakidewu. I'm Isaac Mugabe, your host. Until next time, bye for now. for mind.